You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, and later on our podcast channel. I am Andrew Musgrove. I'm joined, as you can see there, by Mark Douglas. And we're going to have a brief chat about the weekend's game. Of course, Newcastle drew 3-3 with Brentford up at St James's Park and what was Eddie Howe's first game. Of course, he wasn't actually at the stadium due to testing positive to COVID-19, which was um, a bit of a gutter for everybody, not least Eddie Howe, I suspect. Mark, just sum up what you made of Saturday. It was entertaining, wasn't it? But Newcastle still without that win, that much-needed win. Yeah, I mean, it was it was chaos, really, wasn't it, for, for long spells? Um, you know, the better, much better going forward. Um, looked much more cohesive. The performance of Jalinton really gives you a lot of a lot of hope for the future. It makes you feel like there's, there's potentially, you know, a, a player there, which, which we've, we've kind of debated time and time again on this podcast. So plenty of positives. You know, obviously, the whole club feels much more united. The fans being incredibly, uh, I thought, generous at the end, given the players a standing ovation. You know, it was it was a, it was a better performance, but I, I think probably shows you how low the standards have been this season, that, that that was a kind of standing ovation performance. Probably also shows you how desperate people are and willing people are for, for Eddie Howe to work and for the for the new for the new regime to, to kind of get the lift off that it really desperately needs. And those were all the positives. Defensively, and in terms of the midfield shape, I thought Newcastle left a lot to be desired at times. It was a big 25-minute period, I thought, in the first half where it looked like, you know, Brentford could drive a coach and horses through them. Goalkeeper-wise, um, Carl Darlow, you know, obviously there was one mistake. And other times when you, you, you look at it and you say, could he have done a lot more? Will, will Martin Dubravka come in for the next game as well? Um, and, and I think, you know, my biggest issue was results elsewhere, really. I mean, it made it difficult for Newcastle Obviously, to get it to get out of the um, the bottom three before January, which is, you know, when I think they really need to be aiming to be in touch, if not out of the relegation zone in January. And those results on Saturday were absolute hammer blow. You know, the point at home against Brentford is not enough, really. Let's be perfectly honest. They've got the two games they've got coming up against Norwich. Norwich is a must win now. It's absolutely pivotal that they go and win that game now. Um, given the results. So it was a strange one. If that had been at the start of the season and the results hadn't been so poor beforehand, you'd have said, good, you know, great, we, we, something to build on. Um, and it is something to build on. But unfortunately, with the results as they were, and they need to start winning games. Otherwise, I, I do fear that, um, you know, they're going to be left with too much to do, even with a January transfer window where I think they will they will um, spend and, and invest. I mean, going forward, they were they were really good. I think everyone's in agreement that if Eddie Howe can get a tune out of these players, they're going to have no problem scoring goals. But defensively, Mark, they were they were very poor. They were too open again. It's something that I think everyone knew. Eddie Howe would have known this coming into the job, looking at previous games, watching previous games. You would have seen against Brighton, where they were just they were too, uh, yeah, they were too open for, for against Brighton. They were far too open against Brentford, and you. you you do worry, I know we've spoken about it previously, just how he, he sorts that out because he, he's only got the personnel there. Is it a change in formation? Does he maybe 
I mean, there's no one really coming through the youth system you can turn to, and you wouldn't really want to in this situation, given that, you know, the, the, they are fighting for survival. So it's a question we keep asking, but how on earth does he sort this out? Well, I think we'll probably see a slightly different system for the game at Arsenal on Saturday because that's a game I don't think where they can be as open as they were against Brentford. You know, I think it was probably a setup that was there in order to try and take the game to Brentford, which they did do. What was what was disappointing was we saw what's happened time and time again this season, which is that when Newcastle take the lead, they're not particularly good at holding on to it, and that that for me is the biggest the biggest worry. They don't seem to have. Um, you know, defensively is, is, is where people are kind of concentrating and obviously people are looking at the personnel at the back and saying, can we can we bring in new new defenders? But actually, it was the midfield, I thought, on Saturday that was worried me because the the, the, the ease with which Brentford got through them um, was 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 remarkable. You know, you, you do wonder whether, you know, that is that is where the where the problem is. You know, they're, they're very vulnerable um, to balls sort of being whipped in as well. You saw... Um, Canos had a lot of a lot of joy um, coming in, you know, down either flank. Um, Ivan Tony's goals and his chances sort of came from cutting in as well. So maybe that's the wing back sort of fullback issue is one that they need to look at. And obviously Paul Dummett on the, on his way back that that potentially gives you an option there that's a bit more of a uh, traditional defender, uh, and that to me might 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 give you something there. I think they'll play a different system. I think they'll play a totally different way of playing against Arsenal on uh, on Saturday. But I think probably against Norwich, they'll probably return to the more attacking, offensive formation, which we saw, um, which we saw work out for them on. Um, uh, well, we saw help them going forward anyway on Saturday, and and it'll just be a question of they'll have to individually concentrate better. I think they need to show more discipline, um, and and you just hope that that's something that Eddie Howe will drill into them um, the, the more and more weeks they go on. But yeah, I mean, if you're going to make a case that they're going to be in trouble moving forward. You know, there the were the, the were those things there, and obviously people are more positive about things because Eddie Howe's in, and because obviously they did look more, um, they did look more dangerous and, uh, offensively. But yeah, I mean, defensively, I don't think too much has changed. No, and it's interesting you mentioned there how they targeted the flanks. The heat map against Brentford uh, shows that Brentford targeted Newcastle's right. Fifty-two percent of their play came down the right hand side, and obviously the the uh, was it the second goal. Murphy was just caught napping, yeah. you know, and the ball was put put home. And then this is quite interesting as well. Taking this graphic here from who scored, and for those listening, it's a graphic of the average kind of position of the players against Brentford on Saturday. And Mark, I don't know about you, but what worries me here is the back line. You can see how far forward uh, Mike Ritchie is. He's just across the halfway line, and the other defenders, Clark. Share uh, Lascelles and Murphy are all kind of sort of in a line behind the halfway line, and you can kind of see, you know, teams are going to be targeting that because that's that's just the Brentford game there. But that is kind of, I think, a picture of maybe the whole season, really, where the full backs or the wing backs, if you want, are being targeted. Because to be fair to them both, you know, defending's not really the first thing that will probably pops into their mind. Yeah, and I think that's I think it's been a problem of shape all, all season, really, for, for Newcastle. I think there's, you know, that. You, you you have to ask have they got the personnel to play the way that they want to play and you know I think Matt Ritchie's you know obviously came in last season and, and he made a massive difference you know set piece delivery is absolutely fantastic but he's a season season older he's a season you know the, the teams in the Premier League are you know most teams have evolved most teams have uh, you know are quick they're um, physically very you know very strong as well and and you just wonder Newcastle. The main, you know, every single player in that squad is a year older than they were last season. And Newcastle did not 
look to upgrade players. They look to kind of retain what they had. And I think the problem that you have there is 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 clear. You know, you you are you are susceptible to players um, to players sort of falling backwards a little bit, which is what I think what's happened with Newcastle. Jacob Murphy's done well, I think, in the games, but he's very offensive-minded. He's not a fullback. Matt Ritchie isn't a fullback. They're not. They're not players who are defensively minded, and I think that does leave Newcastle exposed because Jamal Lascelles, I think, to be honest with himself, not had the best season so far. Um, Clark, you know, we keep asking why Fernandez isn't playing. I mean, good question. I think you know, obviously, he's not showing enough in defence. He's not showing enough in training. He's not, he's obviously not doing quite enough yet. Um, Shaw came in again. You know, Shaw's an offensive-minded defender, really, isn't he? And I think that's that's what Newcastle have at the moment. They don't have you know, much in the way of really defensive-minded players. Um, obviously, you've got Isaac Hayden in the centre in the centre of midfield, who's a more defensive-minded player. But you look at the, the eleven that Newcastle put out on Saturday, and it's quite an attacking formation. It was quite an attacking, um, uh, quite an attacking way to play. And you just wondered whether maybe what they needed after after the uh, the, the first goal was, yeah, let's just step back, and it might give us a chance to um, to, to consolidate this lead, make it difficult for Brentford. What happened was Brentford went on the when Brentford went on the attack and um, you know and really put Newcastle on the back burner. And you had to say the two goals that they scored were, were coming. Hmm. It was, I mean, it was two teams that just can't defend. And, and going forward, I'm sure Brentford, like Newcastle, will want to sort out their defence. I mean, we'll talk briefly, Mark, just about Carl Darlow. It always seems to happen when Martin Dubravka is fit and he's ready to be back at the first team. He's on the bench, and we always seem to see a mistake in Carl Darlow when. Everyone's kind of saying Dubravka deserves to be back in that starting lineup. How much fault do you put at, at, at the feet of him for that for that first goal? Well, I mean, it wasn't his it wasn't his best moment. He would know that. You know, he doesn't need he doesn't need us to kind of sit here and, and say you know he probably could have done a little bit more. He'll know that. He did make a couple of good saves um, later on in the game. You know, so I, 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 you know, he is a good goalkeeper in my opinion. But but the problem is when you've got a Martin Dubravka there, you know, it's. It's a, it's a no-brainer for me. And Martin Dubravka is the number one goalkeeper. He should he should play. Um, and the problem is, you've probably got Carl Darlow kind of knowing that as well, puts more pressure on him. Um, and you know that's maybe where the mistakes mistakes come from. He, he's facing a lot of shots at the moment as well. You know you have to you have to kind of say that um, on Saturday it, it wasn't you know Brentford were all over Newcastle for a good period. So okay, he made a mistake, but I don't think he was the sole reason why Newcastle ended up conceding goals. It wasn't his best game, and and I think Martin Dubravka will be back sooner rather than later, and I think that's pretty much inevitable. Um, you know, Freddie Woodman was in the same situation. Freddie Woodman had a decent start to the season, then he made a couple of mistakes, and Carl Darlow was was back in straight away. It is a it is a difficult position to play in because you know that as soon as you make a mistake, you you, you can be out of the team. But for me, it has to be Dubravka. I'm I'm sorry that 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 for me is is the um, is is the top and bottom of it. Dubravka is the number one goalkeeper. I think many people would would agree with you, Mark. We've got a question here from Christopher, and he asks: On Newcastle, unlikely to prize January targets away from relegation rivals such as Tarkovsky from Burnley, or do you think money will talk um, for for uh, talk even for soon to be out of contract with players clubs? When you talk to agents, they they talk about the Newcastle premium that's going to be applied in January. I think everybody kind of recognises that that you know. It's going to be difficult for Newcastle to buy domestically in January um, from relegation rivals. So Tarkovsky is probably a player that they really like. I mean, he's an excellent player, isn't he? He would certainly add to Newcastle. It's going to be difficult to get him out of Burnley because the problem that you've got is in the Premier League, not a lot of clubs need the money, you know? I mean, Burnley, you could maybe say, 
are probably one of the teams that, that that do rely on that model to maybe to um to, to you know then then don't have any a fantastically enormously wealthy benefactor. Their model depends on staying in the Premier League and being able to reinvest the money that they get in. But the question is, would selling to a relegation rival um, lessen their chances of staying in the Premier League? I think that's probably true. And we all have to remember that as much money as Newcastle have, as much money as they have in January. No team in the Premier League needs to sell players anymore. That's the top and bottom of it. The only way that they would face that problem of, of um, you know, that rival teams would face the problem is if those if players turn around and say, "I want to go to Newcastle because Newcastle are offering me X amount more money than than I'm, I'm on at the moment." So it's a big problem for Newcastle. I don't think January is going to be quite as straightforward as maybe people make out. It's going to be a difficult window. It's going to be a window where maybe they're going to have to go looking in Europe because that that is where. Um, you know, I know that from speaking to agents that, 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 that clubs in Europe probably are looking at Newcastle and saying, well, maybe there's a place where we can sell a player who's who's uh, who's made a little bit unsettled. The January window is a very difficult one to do business in anyway. I think everybody knows that. Um, the difference is now, rather than Newcastle sort of going in and trying to nick players here and there and get the odd loan in, they are going to end up having, um, you know, a lot of money to spend. And that will mean that, you know, they probably can go and tempt teams. But as I said, the nature of the Premier League now is that no club in that division has to sell. There's not one team in there that has to sell. The only reason players teams sell their best players is because they're so unsettled. Or alternatively, they 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 sort of decide look, look we'll go a different way. So you saw Aston Villa selling Jack Grealish while well, he wanted to go, um, and they reinvested the money in other players to try and take themselves forward and not be so reliant on one player. I think it's going to be difficult for Newcastle to go and sign James Tarkovsky. Um, I think they need players on January the 1st, pretty much. And I think they've got players lined up who they would like. Um, and, you know, maybe Tarkovsky, because he's playing for a, a relegation rival, might be might be one that's more difficult to sign. But there will be others, I think, that they've got, they're looking at. And, and I think you'll see potentially loans, potentially those the teams right at the top who, who might look at Newcastle and say, well, you know, yeah, we can maybe offload some of our players who... They want, to, you know, they believe have resale value, but other teams in the Premier League aren't willing to spend big on in January. You could see those kind of players going to come, come to Newcastle. Um, I think everyone agrees, Mark, that defence is probably centre backs where they're going to have to strengthen in in January. 100%. Um, people are asking about Fernandez. We've got Sue here asking if you know why Fernandez isn't playing again, wasn't involved um, against Brentford. And for for many, he is Newcastle's best defender. Well, I mean, it's just, it's basically gets down to, to to what happens on the training field, you know. And I think that that it's now successive like three three managers who've not picked him. Um, so you have to kind of ask yourself: Is there something there? Is he, you know, is he just maybe not quite at the level? And they think the others, they think the others are, do, are doing the business in training at the moment. It, it, that that it really will be as simple as that. I think for you know when you consider that it's now three successive managers who've decided that they don't. They don't think he's um, he's necessarily the, the man for, for sending back. I'd like to see him play. Um, and of course, you know, he got that contract in the summer. So you sort of say to yourself, it's a bit like the Dwight Gale situation, isn't it? Um, what a, you know, farcical situation where you're giving players contract renewals and then they're not actually ending up going in um, and playing in the team. You know, that, that to me is just bizarre. You know, I think the situation with Dwight Gale in particular I think it's absolutely bizarre, but obviously it's a previous regime that made that decision now. So they're, they're the ones who will be, be kind of held accountable for it. And I think the current regime probably wouldn't have done that. Um, so, yeah, I think we will see him. You know, bear in mind, there's a lot of games coming up in December. From next week, there's there's a game on Saturday, quick turnaround to play a game on Tuesday, and then another game at the weekend. So 
Um, a lot of games going to be played in the next few weeks, so I think you probably will see Fernandez in time. Um, a lot of people asking about director of football, and I'll, I will finish on that question in just a moment, Mark. But I think we have to speak about Joe Linton because it was his best performance against Brentford. Man of the match, yes, he should have won, and he addressed that in the comments afterwards. But if you put that aside, he was absolutely brilliant, wasn't he? And do you think that's just kind of like maybe it, it just fell into place from on Saturday, or do you think there's been a bit of work this uh, the past few weeks with Eddie Howe and the, the new staff where they've, they've maybe looked at him and, and um, you know, they've worked with him to get him to? level of that performance that we saw? Well, there will have definitely been things. I mean, I know there was things things done on, on the training ground with, with Jill Linton. They, they looked to sort of address getting him getting him a bit further forward, which is something Steve Bruce tried to do as well. But I think the formation and the way that they played, that kind of attacking with the shackles off a little bit, probably helped him massively. You know, he's obviously had a, a big confidence boost because Eddie Howe's come in and said, I think he's a, I think he's a good player and he's, he's decided to play him as well. You know, you can see that with John Joe Shelby as well. I thought, had his best game for a long time um, on, on Saturday as well, because Eddie Howe kind of set up to to get the best out of his attacking players. And Jalinton, I think, has had an, an awful lot of, um, you know, has, has been played in different different um, uh, places. He's been played in different positions. He's been asked to track back. He's played him from the left. He's played him from, you know, up front. He's played on his own up front. That, I think, on Saturday was where you'd like to see him play more often. And, um, you know, I think he, he's obviously a player now who's, you know, almost two years into where he's he's been um he's been in Newcastle but he's over two years now, isn't it? And and you know, he's used to the Premier League. He's probably um probably ready to play to play in that kind of formation as well. So I thought he was really good. I thought um, you know, I I think Eddie Howe's just decided that he's he's seen a player in there and, and I think that's what, you know, for me has quite a lot, you know, quite a lot of positivity going forward is that you think actually he could he could be the man, you know, he could he could do the business. Um, and um, you know it's good for. I think I've gone through different periods with Jalint, and I've I've kind of had periods where I thought I can't see it. I just can't see the player in him. And I think for the last year, I've sort of felt I really, really want the guy to succeed because you can see he's trying hard. He doesn't shirk. Um, he's added a few goals to his game. He's, you know, okay, you know, it wasn't. Uh, he's not not scored too many this season, but I thought his finish was excellent on Saturday. And if he'd have finished that chance, he would have been the hero, wouldn't he? And everybody would have been saying. Here he is, the forty million pound man. But great, you know, really, really um, encouraging to see to see him do what he did. And you know, obviously Arsenal on Saturday is a different game. But then Norwich on Tuesday, I'd love to see him do the same thing again. Yeah, what I loved as well, we saw him pointing, giving directions out to players, and when St Maximum scored, he hopped yeah. over the advertising board and didn't join in the celebrations. He dragged them back from the crowd. Referee let him off with the yellow. Uh, didn't end up booking him. He booked Maxi. But I thought that was really good as well because just showed a bit of hunger and desire to get the game restarted and to go out and, and get the winner and being confident to direct to the players was, was brilliant. The other man I just want to mention briefly, Mark, is, is Ryan Fraser. Obviously, a lot made of Eddie Howe coming and how they, you know, got on really well and then that the contract situation and maybe, you know, that the relationship was damaged. Um, but I tell you what, he came off. Um, it was interesting as well, just before he came on, Callum Wilson, just after Brentford scored, Seem to be pointing down in that, that that down in that wing and kind of saying we need a target there. Fraser comes off the bench five minutes later. St. Maximum scores from a Fraser cross from that uh, from that side. He had uh, he put three crosses in, three crosses hit the target, which is exactly what Newcastle want a bit of accuracy. Do you see him going forward coming into that side uh, from the start? Yeah, I do. I do. Like you said, How knows him really well. Um, He's just not. Re- he's just not really got started as a Newcastle player, and I think that for me was a bit of a, um, you know, I, I, it's it's surprising because when you see him play for Scotland, 
he's been excellent in the last couple of years. And okay, Scotland are playing well and they're a team full of confidence at the moment. So, you know, probably it's easier to play in a team full of confidence and and, and playing well than it is to play in a, a team like Newcastle who, who struggled. And obviously, I, I, you know, I think we all remember that Sheffield United game you know, over a year, you know, about a year ago now when it all started to go wrong for um, for Steve Bruce. That was a you know dreadful, dreadful performance. And, and Ryan Fraser obviously struggled, struggled on that day. And, and I think he never really recovered from there. But this is a fresh chance, fresh start for him. Technically, I think in terms of his delivery, I don't think there's probably anybody as good, maybe him and Matt Ritchie, in the entire in the entire squad. He's that good. He, he can do it, you know, and he can score goals. He's a player who I think, you know, clearly um, can offer a lot more than he's, he's offered so far for Newcastle. So I would love to see him back in the team and I would love to see him, see him getting a chance. I think you'll see against Norwich, I think on Saturday it'll be a more few of the players. I think you've played in the in the uh, on on Saturday will will play uh, will play again on um, on uh, next uh, next Saturday, and then I think there'll be a few changes for the Norwich game um, because you know it is a very very quick turnaround, and it's such an important game that Norwich won now. I'm um, just finding them more. Any update on director of football? People saying it's going to be quiet. Is there, is there yeah. anything you can provide them? Well, I think, look, you know, it may not be the news that people want to hear, but I think there's still a fair amount of work to be done on getting the power lines all sorted behind the scenes. I think, you know, one or two elements of the consortium would, would, would go one way and other bits of the consortium would go another way. I think Michael Emanalo has obviously been mentioned. I think he's he's had several rounds of talks now with the with the hierarchy um but it's kind of getting those things decided they you know i heard a couple of weeks ago they were they hadn't even decided yet on the fully on the structure so that is ponderous in my opinion i think they need to get it all sorted by january other people will tell you it's it's ready to go you know an announcement isn't too far away but i think it sort of speaks to the continuing sort of sense of sort of uncertainty a little bit with with how the how the consortium's working. And I think it's something that they probably do need to resolve fairly quickly. Um, if they are going to have a director of football, I think it would be good to have him in by January. So then I think you you, you are in a position where they can have some influence over over personnel decisions in and out. Um but uh, but yeah I think Emanalo is still the one that I heard still the man to the man to kind of beat in this this situation. But obviously it depends on who you talk to in the consortium. So we'll see where, we'll see there where that one goes. Um, I think it's very important for them to get to get that role nailed down sooner rather than later. And I think it's also very important for them to get a really rigorous and smart working structure sorted straight away because I think we're still a little bit from a little bit away from that. So um, you know, obviously, it may be not a bad thing for things to go a little bit quiet because it's been very 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 noisy for for the first few weeks. Uh, and obviously, with Eddie Howe, then. Um, getting his, uh, you know, get, getting his feet under the table. Um, but yeah, I think they need to get it done before January. And we're obviously only um, five weeks away from January now. So it's not not far to go, not far to go. Yeah, hopefully we'll have an update for you uh, when that does break on chroniclive.co.uk. It's you guys watching. Thank you for tuning in to you guys listening. Please remember to like and subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review as well if you get the chance. Like I say, head over to chroniclive.co.uk where we'll keep you up to date with all the latest Newcastle United news.